Hi, welcome back to The Cake with Joe and Jane. It's called The Cake because there is a cake for everyone. Whether it's walnut, chocolate, fruit, red velvet, cake is definitely something that unites us here at Salisbury District Hospital. Thanks for joining us again. We have a great episode coming up for you all about parenting. This episode is definitely dedicated to a very special lady called Megan. But before we get into this episode, we should probably introduce ourselves again. So, hi, I'm Jane and I am one of the Divisional Heads of Nursing here at the hospital. And I'm Joe. I'm the recruitment team leader. And joining us on this episode, we have Louise Arnott from our transformation team and Jen Stagg from our infant feeding team. But as we know, people are far more than their job title. So Jen, what is one thing that people might not know about you? I've got lots of ponds. Ponds? Yes. How many ponds have you got? Seven. Seven? How big yes. is your garden? <laughs> little bit bigger than a normal garden but I've got seven ponds for wildlife no fish have you ever had a duck randomly land in your pond brilliant there you go my life is now made (laughs) I now know yeah the springer spaniel sorted that out I bet I bet so you've got some dogs as well yeah how many dogs have you got three three dogs so are they all fairly are they puppies or one is a pup well she's nearly two and then I've got two quite elderly ones who sleep a lot nice yeah Really nice. nice. Yeah. Thank you. And Louise, what's the one thing that we don't know about you? Um, I tap dance. Oh, wow. I, I used to tap dance when I was a lot wow. younger, um, not to a very high standard. I've been doing it for about eight years, and I started doing it really because I love dance, and there's a dance school near me. So you do like uh, the wings and the yeah. time step. And Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Fabulous. Taking, I'm taking yeah. you both out for wine and I would like to see tap dancing from both of you. Okay. It's on air now. Oh. It's on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get yeah. away from it. It's happening. Yeah. I, don't, I don't own any shoes anymore. I haven't done it. Since we can, what size feet are you? <laughs> <laughs> there there's a wheel, there's a way. Yeah, we'll re- recreate Chicago. <laughs> yes, please. That'll be absolutely wonderful. Okay. More than tap shoes then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, we are discussing the topic of parenthood today. Um, you yourselves are both mothers, as I'm I. Shall we start with maybe asking what, if anything, surprised you about being a mother, Louise? Just how consuming it is, and it just changes you as a person, and you don't know it till you hold that baby in your hands, and then you think, wow, this is, you can't top that. Absolutely amazing. And yourself, Jen, that, that moment with the, oh, the, yeah, the it was first lovely. birth? Yeah, it was very lovely. But I'm not a very organised person, so my life was quite chaotic before I had the children and it hasn't really got any better. <laughs> we had three children under three, so it was really wow. quite intense. for, And it still is, actually, even though we're in our 20s. Yeah. I've heard a lot of parents say there's nothing like the tiredness that comes with parenting. So, listeners, I don't have any children, um, so I'm looking no. around the room at my at the guests on the, on the podcast today, looking at them. The tiredness, yeah. I've heard, is just exhausting for mothers But it is a fathers. tiredness that you kind of can get through. When you're a mum and you're tired, you just dig deep and find, yeah. find some something from somewhere. I always remember saying to my husband, I'll never complain about a night shift ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was, especially my first blesser, she was, uh, the first six months were tough and it was literally feeding every couple of hours and I was breastfeeding so, and she wouldn't take a bottle. So daddy went back to work and when he came home as much as he'd like to help, I was still responsible for the feeding and, and they settling and all that kind of stuff um but yeah a night shift was a breeze in the park afterwards yeah that's why you're always so like happy after a night shift you're like done it yeah god who needs sleep yeah, yeah. nothing to it. it sleeps for the week 
So thinking back to when you had your children, uh, Jen, how was your maternity leave? Well, it was quite short with my first one, because I think it was in those days. She's 20, nearly 24. Yeah. You didn't have as long off. And I chose nights because then I thought childcare would yeah. be less, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was, that's really tough because you're up a lot of the night with your baby and then the next night you have to work and then yeah. the day. So, yeah, nights weren't helpful for me. But, yeah, coming back, I think I came back to work when she was around four months. So that was quite early in today's, um, you know... That's really early yeah. now. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think I... Also, I went on maternity leave quite early because I was quite excited about having some time off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I perhaps should have had it a little bit at the end, but I know, you do what you do at the time, don't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and again, there's no right or wrong to maternity no, leave, is there? No. Some people do just think, actually, I'm going to take a break before, and then they come back and think, I should have done that after. Yeah. Um, and so, like you say, some people come back on nights and days, and but yeah, four months is short because today's down. You can take, you can take a year now, can't you? We're quite lucky, I suppose, in the trust, aren't we, to be able to do that? But there are families out there that don't, yeah. that haven't got, yeah. you know, yeah. that oh, no, wonderful. So Particularly if you're self-employed and things yeah. like that pressure. Yeah. Must be, yeah, I've got to get back to work. Absolutely, yeah. So the finances are a bit strapped. It's mm. so difficult. Yeah, and like you say, those who have to go back, the the, the guilt yeah. is horrendous. So, yeah. did you yourself, Louise? When I was you were really lucky, so I took a year. Yeah. Um, I'd at that point, I think I'd worked for the NHS for seventeen years full time, and I just thought I've given everything. It's yeah. like, it's it's my life. It's not just my job. So actually, now I'm going to have a year, and then after the year, you'll get me full scale back again and and that was really important to me I think that I thought that you're not going to get that chance again well I did it three times but um, but no I did I did take a year um, and I felt very lucky to be able to do that yeah I was fortunate as well myself I I was really lucky I think it was 13 months in the end with my first but the thing that I struggled probably most with when I first came back is finding the childcare yeah yeah yeah. and tell you, you as a new parent you got the guilt but finding someone who you trust with your yeah. your child absolutely it's yeah. awful because no one ever as far as i'm concerned can look after my children as well as i can do you know what i mean or know what they need or if they're crying what what toy would help settle them so yeah that's horrendous sure i worried about that that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm still feeding as well so coming yeah. back and doing shift work whilst feeding trying to find yeah. somewhere to pump and yeah find a pump so that's part of your... Yeah, keep your, the little bottles in the fridge in the yeah, office yeah. go down exactly. very well. <laughs> so that's part of your job, Jen. Yeah. So people do ring me and ask me questions about how how on earth do you come back to work when you're still breastfeeding? So, you know, we would give advice on pumps and finding somewhere safe to pump. And in fact, I'd love for our hospital to have a nice um, room for yeah. women who work here to mm-hmm. go and pump and safe fridge and a nice magazine and all of that kind of lovely stuff somewhere that would be amazing if we could have that here i'm working on it yeah and it's it's still that stigma i think out in the general public about feeding boobs in general yeah yeah how people are judged if they do it in public people are judged if they do it they're judged if they They don't don't. yeah (laughs) they're judged if they do it for too long yeah judged if they do it in sainsbury's car park it was in the papers you know quite shocking that anybody would think that it was a strange thing to do they're just breasts and yeah they're for feeding our babies not for sexual 
you know, really, are they? They're, no. you know, they're, they've got very, a very others. wonderful mm. function. Um, and the more we think of them as sexual things, the less likely these poor women are going to succeed at, at feeding. It's really sad, actually. I always uh, remember my second child. I was at a cousin's wedding and my baby was like 10 days old. Yeah. Um, I was a bit braver then because it was the second, so a bit more confident feeding. But we were at this wedding and um, the there's nowhere for me to go to feed. And I remember someone just saying, oh, can you just go to the toilet? And I was like, would you eat your dinner off a toilet seat? Yeah. Absolutely not. And thankfully, there was a manager who was really sensible and said, you know what, we've got a spare room. Do you want to go? And that's your room for the afternoon as much as you need to settle the bed. And it was perfect. And I was very grateful for that because 10 days post-baby was slightly hormonal. Um, yeah. <laughs> could have got quite angry unnecessarily with, with the comments. rage was kicking yeah. in, Jane, wasn't oh. it? be yeah. nice if it were normalised it's just not though in our yeah. society no. it's such just a shame crazy. isn't it I mean I, I did with all three of mine I was like I'm absolutely going to breastfeed anywhere Yeah. and I was really nervous but I did it because I thought that that was right and that's what yeah. I could expect and I was asked to go to the loo and go and yeah. sit in the loo and I was like absolutely no way yeah, yeah. absolutely not because I know a lot of midwives do say nowadays well don't they breast is best yeah. and they're promoting that message which is yeah. great but if there's still that stigma for where people where are still... Where can I do it? Yeah, where yeah. can I do it? You know, we need to get those things matched up, don't we? So, you yeah. know, if breast is best, then we should be pro-breastfeeding everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. not shoved in a toilet or a side room. I yeah. think it's key to say, as whilst there's a lot of research that shows breastfeeding has lots of positive sides to it, and, and some say breast is best, but not everyone's successful correct. at no. it. Yeah, yeah, correct. There's a lot of judgment for those who aren't successful for the, numerous yeah. reasons. Yeah. And I know I've got a really good friend who was very envious of that I was able to Absolutely. feed my children like a cow. Yeah. Um, there's but, yeah. huge psychological stuff if you if you aren't able to breastfeed. Yeah. It's yeah. massive. Yeah. And 20% of our mums here don't, you know, choose to use formula yeah. from the beginning. So it's that's a fifth, isn't it? Yeah. So, And we support everybody so i'd hate for anyone to think that we were just a breastfeeding service it's we're very much about infant feeding so we can support anybody however they want to feed their babies and we really believe that but we know that um i think it's about 90 percent of our mums stop breastfeeding before they're ready before they want to and it's usually because the the support there's not support out there and society lets these women down frankly just from either poor workplace um, policies that you know you can't get back to work or being discriminated against or no support or people offering formula as a, a as a reason to stop it it's um yeah it's quite and the, and the breast is best um I know you've used that phrase and I think that's fine but it does um sort of put all the emphasis on the women to, 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 to they've the one they're the ones that have kind of failed but they haven't no. it, it's we failed them really I've always said that if the mum's happy, the baby will be happy because sure. they they do really pick up on your yeah. emotions, yeah. etc. So I think that's the key thing. Don't put extra pressure on yourself or feel judged because at the end of the day, if you're doing what is best for you, then your baby will also yeah. thrive from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you enjoyed your maternity leave as yeah. best you could um, and you're getting ready to go back to work. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced with going back to work? finding childcare that was good and yeah. um, you were all right with them and then paying for it. Yeah. yeah. So it's massively expensive. Yeah. And then being late off work and having to do that awful guilt run to the car and then rushing to pick them up mm. and it getting dark and you can't breathe properly because you've got to pick them up. And then. Mm-hmm. Do you think things have improved now 
Or do you think things are still the same? There's still that mass I think panic they're just of... The, I think they're the same for every family mm. going through it. Um, but, I mean, I don't, you know... No, I complete the same. I think yeah, there's still that shame. awful run. And then you've done a busy day or a night shift and then you've still got to kind of look after them. And then, yeah. gosh, it's exhausting. So it really is. Between. But there isn't an mm. option. You know, I, I've enjoyed working throughout and it was nice to be able to work. Did you go back to work full-time no, or part-time? No, no, I've not worked full-time since I had them. I'm yep. a little bit on the lazy side. So, you know. <laughs> it's nothing lazy when you're a no, parent. No, I, no, I haven't. No, yeah, no, I haven't ever worked full-time since. Yeah. And what about you, Louise? So I had mine here at the nursery. It was a different nursery then, um, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant because I could drop them off and be in really quick, mm-hmm. yeah. and if there was any problems and if I needed to breastfeed, I could pop over. Yeah. Um, that really made the transition back to work a lot easier. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I struggled with having enough sleep because my middle child just cried all night. Wow. Um, And it was because, I think it was because she sucked her thumb and then she bit her thumb and then she wouldn't put her thumb back in and wouldn't take a dummy and couldn't settle at night. So I had to do control crying. That was probably the most painful thing I've had to do. Leave a child to cry for a set time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really that was a real challenge, and I came back part time, um, which was great that I had that opportunity to do that. And I've always found working here a flexible employer. So I found that you can, if you've got to scoot off because you've got a sick child, and you can make yeah. the time up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been great in that respect. Jane, what about you? Even now, my children are a lot older, but yeah, the finishing work on time when when you can, rushing to get them to school clubs or yeah. to something else and that constant guilt like you said <laughs> absolutely they kept the bus home and they oh god i don't want them to be home by themselves it's yeah constant challenge of juggling work and parenting but do you know what i like I, i'm really proud of being able to do it and i know that a lot of other people in this trust who do it and they do it yeah. really well and we are really supportive of each other. Absolutely. I remember when I first changed jobs from not being clinical, my manager at the time was just like, right, we need to work out how you can do your job well, but also be really good at home and be present with your family. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes when you are in a new job, you put a lot of focus on yeah. that and sort of the family life takes a bit of a back step. But no, she was like, no, both is important. And not every job can be as flexible. That You know, we are quite lucky in different jobs. But like my son was sick yesterday and I did a complete day's work with no impact because I just worked from home. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have needed to have taken a day off work. Yeah. And there's no value other than you're there looking after a child. Yeah. He slept all day, so I was working. You worked all day. I yeah. worked all day. Yeah. Easy. So thinking back about the cost of childcare and the the guilt of going back to to work, was there ever a point when you questioned whether you would actually go back to work or were you always adamant you'd go back? Yeah, I had to go back to work financially. I took, after my last baby, Ed, I took off, I think I didn't, we moved, we moved to Salisbury, so I couldn't go back to work in my old job. So I just, we made a sort of active decision that... We, I wasn't going to work for a bit um, yep. because it was really tough because they were all so little. Yeah. I think that was the thing. So there wasn't one at school and, you know, they were all needed childcare. And then my mum-in-law actually looked after them quite a lot. Um, so that was really helpful. But yeah. that has its own sort of guilt, you know, yeah. connotations as well because you want them to be a nan, not a, yeah. uh, you know, a childminder. Yeah, sure. So it... I think whatever you do, <laughs> it's really tough. If you don't work, it's tough. If you do work, it's tough. And But... 
suddenly they're all in their 20s and you don't think about it anymore. And when you said you had friends that were working and not working, were you ever judged by those who weren't working? No, no. I think there was more judgment for those that didn't work somehow. Yeah. I I think. It's hard to remember. It's all a little bit of a haze. (laughs) I think that's parenting in itself, isn't it? A bit of a haze. It's survival mode, isn't it? Yeah. Go yeah. through each day and hope that they don't break a limb and they go to school okay and your work's going okay. Yeah, and then you have to remember to read with them and yeah, love them and. Check they've got the homework done. Yeah, they've yeah. got close to the I always remember growing don't up. Don't talk mom about saying, homeschooling. No, I always remember my mum growing up saying, "I was I was just there to make sure you didn't kill each other." Yeah. There were seven of yeah. us, you know. She said it was There's just every day we'd sit down at the end of the day when you're all in bed and go do a head count. Day. <laughs> all seven are in bed. We've survived another day. Gosh, just, seven. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Was it like the Waltons on an evening? Was it like good night, Joel? No, it was. It was. It was really strange because growing up, we someone was always in A and E with a broken limb. Someone was normally on on the sofa sick, or someone had a drama at school, yeah. or someone had a friend over for tea. So there was yeah. always like there was always commotion. So now when I go home, um, or, or the, it's quiet, I find that very unsettling. Yeah, Christmases and birthdays were interesting, uh, and they still are now. You know, That's as an same. uncle to seven nieces and nephews, I'm still paying for last year's Christmas. But <laughs> yeah, that's the joys of, of, you know, being able to spoil them, you know. And yeah, it's family is amazing. I think if I could go back in time, I would have had children via a surrogate or adoption or something like that. But an old now, I'm 32. I was going to say you're not too I, old. I was yeah. just thinking, actually, I had my first baby at 33, Joe. That's yeah, not an excuse. I'm, just, I'm not sure. I would probably, if I could go back, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I've been blessed with seven nieces and nephews that I will, I absolutely adore. But yeah, if I could go back in time at 25, I probably would have really gone down that avenue yeah. and, and gone for it. But it's just life, you know, can't dwell. So you mentioned there surrogacy. There's lots of other ways of being a parent, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, I have a, a friend who adopted and fostered children so what are your experiences of helping and supporting parents as surrogates or yeah so we've had a few um mums that have breastfed from us and had a surrogate baby if that makes sense so yeah and they were able to stimulate lactation and and feed so that was that was pretty special and awesome um, I did not know you could do that. I'm yeah, amazed. We're yeah. all like, wow. Yeah. And we've had a, a single, single sex couples. Yeah, um, that's fine. So both the, the mums have um, lactated. So just stim- the, the one that hasn't been pregnant has stimulated lactation. And, How do they do that? And been able to breastfeed drugs. So I was going to ask, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, wow. it's a kind of How drug-induced, um, um, it's, there's a, you know, like a course of things that you take and stop and then pump and then take other drugs. It's really amazing. Women are amazing. Wow. They really are. Boobs Actually, are amazing. amazing. To be able yeah. to offer that to people, right? Yeah. I don't say it very often, but yes, boobs are amazing. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. I've never machines. heard you say it. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. I'm just, I have no words. I'm absolutely dumbfounded yeah. by that. Yeah. There Mind you go. blown. <laughs> So your children, as we discussed, are slightly older. Yep. They're in their 20s now. Yep. So how has your parenting style changed now that they're adults? Mm, I'm still a bit clingy, okay. if I was honest. It's really it's really hard to let go. It's really, really hard. I use the analogy of a balloon. Yeah. Can I share my balloon analogy? Go for yeah, it. Go for you it. can cut it. 
Um, whereas when they're little, you hold the balloon really tight and you're completely in control of it. It's really there and it's really easy because you know where they all are at the, mm-hmm. any one time. And then you kind of have to begin to let it go a little bit, but you've yeah. still got the string. Yeah. And then they all reached a point where they absolutely cut the string and they were gone and I couldn't get them back even if I wanted to. And that's really tough. It's massive when yeah. you're a mum yeah. to think that actually they're keeping a few secrets from you mm. and they're, you know, they're meeting other people. And, oh, we you do know, Absolutely. Doing all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's all a little bit new territory. And I don't know whether I handled it particularly well, but I tried my best. I try to be as calm as I possibly can. I'm much calmer now as a mum than I ever used to be. I like the balloon analogy. That's a really interesting yeah. way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, they're all going to hate me saying that because they, they all roll their eyes about the balloon. The wheeze, I heard you taking a deep breath there when Jen was talking yeah. about was like, oh no, letting that, go of the is balloon. Is that what I've got to come? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, mine is still have. young enough to share everything, which I love. I, you know, one of the things I've said to my kids is, I want you to feel you can come home every day and tell your parents anything that's worrying you or anything you want to share. And I guess there may be things they don't, but I think they do at the moment. Um, but I'm not prepared for that bit. So what advice would you give Jen then for Louise, who's going to have to go through this sooner than just, I will? Thankfully, you're going to have to go through it. That's just what happens. <laughs> okay. You, but it, and it's going to be all right, but they will go away a bit and then they come back and they, they come back nicer. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Then, yeah, they're, <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes when they're teenagers, they can be quite um, un- un- unkind yeah, at times. Yeah, teenagers are not kind to any parent, I don't think. It well, and it's, but that's really natural, isn't yeah. it? It's really normal stage. Mm. But just keep feeding them and they'll be all right. <laughs> I do that really well, actually. There you go. That's good. And I'll tell you what I've learned from my older ones, which has made me a better person for sure is how inclusive and diverse they are yeah because it's the world that they are in so my daughter's just gone to prom she's going to kill me if she hears this and she wants to wear a three-piece suit because she does not like wearing dresses and so she was a bit nervous about that and I was like do you want to feel comfortable and what do you want to feel comfortable in? So she wore a suit and her two best friends wore suits and they looked amazing. Oh, fab. Um, and that's the world that they're in. And so as parents, it's good to hear that and to um, see how... I suppose how... you're evolving, your mindset is changing yeah. and yeah, developing, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, because you're seeing about it from their perspective. I remember the moment that, um, sorry, the moment that um, my kids actually made me properly laugh instead of just pretending to laugh. And that was oh. quite a nice, and that, you know, when you actually find yourself actually chuckling at what they've said rather yeah. than just going, oh, you're so funny, darling. When, yeah. When, you know, most of the time. Making it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now in my brain thinking, all those times that Julie laughed at me, was she really laughing She wasn't. Me? <laughs> no, she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, can I ask you what the best bits of being a parent are? What are the things that make you think back and smile? You've all just pursed your lips then and smiled slightly at the thought of that. Um, so what is the best bit about being a parent? And think wisely, because your children will be listening to this at some point. <laughs> I know. And we are going to pick your care homes. So there you go. I just think that I made them. I really like that. I like the fact that they're part of me and, and their dad. They're part of people and and they're lovely I really really like them they sometimes like the boys are really untidy so little things just still drive me nuts but they're just really nice folk 
And I quite like now watching them interact with other people and think, oh, they're nice. Yeah. I like that. I did that. I made that human nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether I made them nice, but, you know, <laughs> I, you know they're lovely, they're lovely yeah. people. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> good plug there. Good plug. Um, yeah, for me, it's just that unconditional love. I know it sounds really cliched, but, you know, I'm lucky as a mum. I get hugs from all three of mine all the time before bed or a hug when we come in from school. And I just love the fact that you have that real kind of love between you. Love and like you say, you've made them. Yeah. So, yeah. And what yeah. about you, Jane? Um, yeah, very much like these two ladies have said, that sense of pride. Um, when people say, what are you proud of in life? I'm really proud of my children, that they're, I think, decent human beings and watching them be nice and kind. And yeah. like my eldest daughter messaged me the other day to say that one of her friends needed a bit of help and she'd sorted her out. And I was just so, oh, you're so lovely. You were so kind and considerate mm. and thoughtful. And yeah, knowing that, um, that she's my daughter and very much loves the hugs. Look at you all beaming away, just talking yeah. about your children. At least going to have a nice nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And thank you very much for, your, for coming on and talking today. It's been lovely to sit and have a chinwag with you about parenting, the highs, the lows, the pitfalls, and obviously breastfeeding as well, which is one of those really important subjects at the moment. But the last question we're going to ask you today is a biggie. We are going to be asking you about what your favourite cake is and why. <laughs> The relief on both your faces then. <laughs> um, so, Jen, what is your favourite cake and why? Um, anything hot with ice cream. Oh, we've never had anybody say that before mm. on the podcast. So I really, really like hot cake or pudding with cold ice cream. You like the hot and cold oh, contrast. Nice. Favourite. Nice. Mm. So, what? sticky toffee pudding, oh, I yes. guess. Oh. Sticky toffee pudding hot with the cold ice cream. Mm, for sure. Not We'll come into yours later for pudding. Wrong. Sounds delightful. Louise, how about you? I'm a bit more traditional, so Victoria sponge, yep. mm-hmm. fresh cream, yep. strawberries. Nice. Not a bad option. Ice and sugar on the top. That's a really good shout. Mm. Really good shout. And when your children get old enough to bake you cake for your birthday, my daughter's a good baker. Is there she? We go. Oh, excellent. And that's what I get. That's yeah, Jane, I'm expecting big things from your daughter, by the way. Uh, the youngest was in the kitchen last night helping mummy. There we go. Well, thank you very much for coming on. We've really enjoyed talking thank with you. you. We really do appreciate us. your time, all right? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much to both our guests talking about parenting today, the challenges and the joys, talking about leaving the nest and moving on. Joan, it's a sad day. It is. It's the last um, podcast that we'll be recording together uh, as the cake with Joe and Jane as I get ready to leave uh, Salisbury NHS Foundation Trust. Uh, my last day is coming up um, and I can't actually believe that my notice period has been worked yeah. and I'm off to uh, try my hand at another trust. But yeah, this has been possibly one of the best things I've uh, I've been able to do here at the trust and I've got some thank yous that I need to say. Firstly, to the listeners that have listened to all of our episodes and the amazing feedback we've had um, and to our wonderful guests for coming on. Uh, a lot of people do this in their own time or additional time as well. Um, there's lots of work that goes into a podcast that I didn't realise, such as brainstorming, Jane's wonderful baking. People have come in at the weekends. We've stayed late. We've worked flat out all day from eight till six doing this. So it's been hard work. So thank you. A massive thank you to the chief exec as well, who 
saw Mylon Jane's Twitter interaction, yep. who was uh, all for this podcast. And before we knew it, we had the lovely chap that sat in the room with us now called Joe, who does the editing on these podcasts. Uh, he's been an absolute superstar. And to Dave Roberts, who's our head of comms, who has coordinated this. It's probably one of the things I'm most proud of in at least the last 10 years to say yeah. that I'm on a platform where Mariah Carey is. So <laughs> I think it's been wonderful. So thank you. It's been unreal. And Joe, I'd like to just say a thank you. And I'm going to try and say so. I'm crying. Don't cry. But um, yeah, honestly... Um, it's been an absolute joy and pleasure that our little conversation that day when I wasn't feeling too happy, you picked me up. We had a laugh. We talked about it, took it onto Twitter. There we go. And then um, we've been really fortunate with the support from everyone to make our little dream a reality and hopefully help and inspire other yeah. people out there to, to make changes, to, to listen and to understand and basically allow people across the trust to get to know each other yeah. so that they're so much more than just a job so thank you joe honestly you. you are amazing thank you i hope we've achieved the who are you who are we so as we finish this little chapter our adventure together are there any episodes or guests that um are really sort of made a difference or stick out to you standout ones um Oh, I loved it when Queenie came in, Katie's yep. guide dog. I thought that was wonderful. I'm a dog lover, so that absolutely made my day. I loved talking about um, hidden and visual disabilities uh, with Sarah and Natasha. I thought that was a wonderful podcast. The Age podcast yeah. will stay oh. with me forever um, because that was so funny and so much fun to record. And in general, I would like to think that actually from the feedback we've had, mm -hmm. all of the episodes have made an impact somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've had nothing but positive vibes back about the podcast. And that's something that, yeah, I do. When people say, oh, I listened to your episode of the podcast the other day, you know, even walking down the corridor, people who I don't necessarily see every day um, doing my job role have stopped and said, I listened to your podcast recently. Mm -hmm. um, or I'll get tweets or DMs yep. or something will come into my Insta uh, DMs. And quite a lot of people not even from the trust as yep. well. Or other trusts are listening to our podcast. So yeah, we should be really proud of what we achieved for sure. This has been a great series to record. And lastly, but most definitely not uh, leastly, I need to say hello and thank you to a lovely lady called Megan, uh, who is Jane's daughter, uh, who is one of my biggest fans and definitely. supporters. Uh, so hello, Megan. Uh, you haven't been forgotten and I will be around your house for some tea and possibly some wine very soon. 